The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you ready for the next level of leadership? It's going to be here before you know it. Today's leaders need the skills, connections, and savvy to become top professionals in their fields. Welcome to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations with Maureen Metcalf. In the next hour, you'll meet people who have become successful at the helm of some of the most respected organizations in the world, and you can become the next big success story. Now, here's your host, Maureen Metcalf. Hi, welcome to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. I'm Maureen Metcalf, your host, and the founder and CEO of Metcalf & Associates. I work with leaders in their organizations, identifying the trends that will most likely disrupt their businesses and develop business strategies and business and leadership practices to leverage those trends to create strategic advantage. I'm a regular contributor to Forbes and the lead author on an award-winning book series focusing on innovating how you lead and transform your organization. I'm also an adjunct faculty member in universities in the U.S. and Germany. I'm delighted that with us today are uh, Christopher Washington and Jennifer Clinton. Uh, Dr. Christopher Washington serves as the Provost and Senior Vice President for Academic Affairs for Franklin University, a private nonprofit institution of higher education, enabling the broadest possible community of learners to achieve their goals and enrich the world. Under his leadership, the university nearly doubled undergraduate majors from 18 to 34, tripled the number of graduate programs, and expanded program offerings around the world to meet the needs of current and future students. Jennifer Clinton has devoted her career to the fields of international education and business because of a deep passion for bridging cultures, people, and ideas. Jennifer is most known for developing and implementing strategic direction for organizations and loves helping individuals and nonprofits realize their full potential. As president of Global Ties US, She's worked to help strengthen the reach and capacity of member organizations, particularly in the areas of board governance, partnership and resource development, and strategic communications. She's also led a comprehensive effort to raise awareness in Congress and the public about the importance of public and citizen diplomacy and bring cross-cutting sectors together to use international exchange programs as a key tool for building a more peaceful, prosperous world. Global Ties U.S. has developed a number of new programs under her leadership, including the Discover Diplomacy Weekend, Meet America, and a series of regional summits across the U.S. called Diplomacy Begins Here. I'm delighted to be recording live from the Global Ties Conference 2017, and we'll talk a little bit about the conference. And just I'm learning a ton about the importance of citizen diplomacy and how, especially in a time of division within our country and potentially with our allies and and other countries, how we as citizens citizens can impact the world. So Voice America series, Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations, my goal with this program is to help us as leaders, whether we're civic leaders, business leaders, or leading ourselves in the world, think about how do we continually update our leadership skills and behaviors and mindset so that we remain current and able to navigate the biggest challenges that we're facing. So let's jump into talking to Christopher and Jennifer. Let's start more about Global Ties. Give us some background. Sure. Uh, thank you, Maureen. It's great to be here with you today. And one of my favorite topics to talk about, certainly the work of Global Ties, but also leadership in, in general. So we're an organization, a uh, nonprofit organization based in Washington, D.C., an umbrella organization that works with over 90 affiliated nonprofits that are in 45 different states across the country. And our goal collectively is really about engaging Americans in international affairs, getting them enthusiastic about it, and also welcoming uh, international visitors, international leaders to our communities across the country. 
Great, thank you. So let's talk about your vision and mission a little bit. In an era where people are feeling an increased level of uncertainty, and again, on the heels of changes in politics across the world, the work you're doing seems foundational to creating a more peaceful global community. Right, you're absolutely right in terms of kind of the environment that we're operating in right now, where we're seeing a lot of changes in governments, not only in the U.S., but around the world, in trends where, you know, there's there's more... Like populism. Populism. More national orientations. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. right. And so our, our role is really about mobilizing and, and empowering and helping regular citizens really understand the power that they actually do have and shaping mindsets, perspectives, in shaping um, the policies of our government. And we've seen here in the U.S. and around the world citizens stepping forward, speaking up, and being very vocal about what their role is and what they want their role to be on either side of the aisle. So it seems like a really productive time for people to engage in this way and have a voice that is for the positive to make an impact. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I would agree with that, you know, when you think about diplomacy, you tend to think high policy, mm -hmm. but there is also room for people who create relationships, you know, one handshake at a time, mm -hmm. that have an impact on the perceptions that people have about uh, each other, about uh, societies and communities, about America, and that's where, you know, the average citizen can come into play. We have over 40,000 volunteers around the country who play this very important role on behalf of our country of introducing themselves and their communities to others. So how did you get involved, Christopher? I am, I would consider myself a community resource, a citizen <laughs> diplomat. So, so I've known you for 20 years now, probably. Yes, and we've had the opportunity to host visitors in our community in Columbus, Ohio, and I introduced them to our education, our education system, our professors, talk about the role of education in our society, where there's workforce development, and uh, our visitors then take that, that I, those ideas back to their own communities, and sometimes we keep in touch. I have friends all over the world as a result of volunteering mm -hmm. as part of one of the community-based organizations as a part of Global Ties. So I was hearing this morning in one of the presentations about visitors coming over specifically to learn about education and how they do take this back to their countries and potentially change the education system. Well, you have visitors that come over for education and of course uh, they learn various disciplines of course, but it's also true that really at the heart of that are these relationships they develop with American citizens mm -hmm. uh, and opportunity to continue to access American citizens as a resource to maybe transform their education system. But it's also true that they, we have people that come over who are political cartoonists or journalists mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. in court systems, uh, want to learn more about how our fire stations work. They want to know about democratic institutions and how to support them and sustain them. And America provides many good examples of that. So it's really then about supporting democracy. Democratic ideas, uh, engagement, citizen mm -hmm. engagement in communities. Mm -hmm. you know, I'm always inspired by people who come over and learn a particular way we might solve a problem in our community. You, you start to find out that no matter where you are in the world, problems are pretty similar in nature. Mm -hmm. They may have different levels of intensity. And we get ideas from our visitors about how mm -hmm. they're tackling their problems. And they learn a bit from us about how we tackle ours. And they walk away with a heightened level of agency, a sense of ability mm -hmm. to address the problems because they encounter like-minded people halfway around the world here in the United States. And I'm assuming you, you also learn from your visitors. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, we can be rather provincial in our thinking here <laughs> in the U.S., and I'll take responsibility for that, too. And, you know, you encounter people who have different ways of solving problems based on maybe a different set of principles or approaches, and you can't help but have your mind expand by being exposed to, you know, different ideas, different perspectives, different values. And so how did you move from Columbus Council of World Affairs to being on the Board of Global Ties? Um, I, I think uh, through volunteer efforts, okay. supporting the national organization, mm -hmm. and being invited, <laughs> having the privilege and honor of being invited <laughs> to serve in this way, it's important to me. And so you say important to you, this knowing what I know of you is aligned with your core values. Well, you know, um, my, my mom used to tell me when I became a faculty member, uh, she said, if you want to get anything done, 
you get a group to do it. She mm -hmm. said, if you don't want to get anything done, you get a group together. <laughs> <laughs> so I think the same is true with this sort of principle of diversity. You know, mm -hmm. Diversity can be a challenge. Art could be this incredible source of opportunity and renewal and mm -hmm. uh, new ways of thinking and adjacent possibilities. But it, uh, you know, you have to have an open mind and a, and a willingness to work with people and collaborate and uh, I think Global Ties, uh, those are sort of leadership requirements mm -hmm. that, um, that are essential for citizen diplom uh, diplomats but it's also true I think of any organization today that's comprised of diverse thinkers that you have to have those, those sorts of abilities, openness, caring, discipline, being purposeful, mm -hmm. that's what I find in, in this organization, Global Ties. Yeah, I've been writing a lot about the idea of collaboration, especially in the spirit of watching us kind of become more polarized, and that we need to understand the perspective of somebody who seems very different, and try to integrate those differing points of view rather than seeing an us and them, and it seems like that's something that Global Ties does beautifully. Yeah, I mean, I'm a big, I mean, our organization, me personally, a big believer in the power of collaboration. And, you know, the, the reality is, you know, we're a small organization, but we have uh, quite a, a mighty force in terms of all the volunteers and organizations around the country. And, you know, the reality is we can't do it all by ourselves. And we need to support each other and having that, that mindset that we are stronger together and that, you know, we can, we can support each other in different ways makes a big difference. So will you tell us a little bit about the programs? What programs do you have in place? I've been hearing about them for the last couple of days, but our listeners have heard nothing. Sure. So the signature program that we work on together in partnership with the U.S. Department of State is the International Visitor Leadership Program. It is a professional exchange program um, started 75 years ago with the vision of really engaging leaders from you know, 150 countries around the, around the world to spend time in the U.S., but not just spend time in Washington, to really get out and experience the authenticity of the American public. And that's the beauty of this program in that leaders are interacting with their counterparts in both large cities like San Francisco, Chicago, Boston, to smaller communities like Minot, North Dakota, and Springfield, Illinois. And the, the importance of that is to really be able to see diversity of perspective, and as Christopher said, you know, from a, a leadership development perspective, it is really, really important to not just be with people that have the kind of the same perspective as, as us, but to, to see differences in, if I'm working in the, the field of, any, I mean, pick any field, education, that, you know, you, you may have sort of similar philosophical approaches to it, but in terms of implementation, there's all different ways of, of implementing a high-quality education program. So, you know, that, that notion of experiencing many, many different perspectives by going to different places is really a critical element of this, this program. It does bring 5,000 leaders every year. The individuals spend one week in Washington, D.C. and visit three other cities uh, and are very busy in meeting with counterparts in the fields that they're working in. You know, Jennifer, the more I encounter our International Visitor Leadership Program participants, the more I realize that our problems don't respect any borders. Right. Mm -hmm. the, the, the deepest, biggest problems we have in our, in our society, whether it's pollution or trafficking of people or education for all, you know, the challenges of providing it, that these are issues that require a cross-border collaborations and, and a willingness as a leader to do just that, to connect with people and to see different ways of addressing the issues together. It really does seem like they're now cross-border, cross-sector, cross-industry, cross every kind of demographic you could think of, and that it is only by bringing us together that we really have an opportunity as a global citizenry to address these problems efficiently. I think uh, we're, we encounter through Global Ties a lot of mm -hmm. box busters and border crossers. Okay. People are willing to you know, think outside of the box, and, yeah. you know, which I think is an important ability mm -hmm. for organizations today that have to deal with these ever-changing environment and, and you know, resilience is an important quality for mm -hmm. any sort of leader uh, to adapt to these kinds of circumstances. I like that, box busters and border crossers. <laughs> <laughs>
Well, and because we are facing, the, the people who are joining your program are stepping up to face some of the biggest problems in, across the planet, not just in our communities, but the, the ones that touch every community. We just heard over during our conference this week from a young woman in Tanzania who's doing amazing things in terms of changing the laws in Tanzania on child marriage. Uh, and it's an incredible story and she was empowered through her experience here in the U.S. and learning from different groups that are working in social activism, you know, whether it's LGBT rights, reproductive rights, you know, different, different topics, but similar skill sets in terms of, you know, how do you build a, a movement that really changes society for the good. And we will be interviewing her this afternoon. It is amazing to listen to her story that as one person, she changed the laws in her I'm sure she was collaborating with a lot of people and these things don't happen completely in a vacuum. But one person's passion changed laws, right. important laws about how women and men marry and, and that impacts education and healthcare and what moved me is that she learned ideas from members of our organization in New Mexico and some of the <laughs> challenges they are facing there mm -hmm. and from the young people and their desire to express themselves politically to the government, the city government in, mm -hmm. in uh, Santa Fe. And, you know, she walked away from that experience, as she describes it, more motivated to take action in her own community. And that, to me, is the power of this network, is that you can connect with people, be inspired by them, and uh, recognize that you're not in this world alone trying to solve problems. There are others like you somewhere mm -hmm. who also care and have approaches that they're taking to, to make a difference. So we're going to go on break now, and then I want to hear how those connections and the, the alumni network impact people for the rest of their lives. So this is Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. We are with Christopher Washington and Jennifer Clinton talking about Global Ties U.S. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Metcalf & Associates is a management consulting and leadership development firm dedicated to helping leaders, their management teams, and their organizations implement innovative leadership and business practices to help create market differentiation necessary to thrive in this rapidly changing environment. As the author of eight award-winning leadership books, Maureen Metcalf and her associates are positioned to help you and your organization grow and thrive. Visit Metcalf-Associates.com. Maureen is ready to discuss your needs and tailor a solution to meet your needs through her expertise in keynote speaking, leadership coaching and training, transformational and organizational growth consulting. For your business, we can help with facilitated leadership retreats, organizational planning, culture alignment, individual and organizational assessments, online leadership development programs, and one-on-one -on -one or corporate-wide leadership development sessions. Move forward with Metcalf & Associates. Visit Metcalf-Associates.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. are listening to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. To reach Maureen Metcalf or her guest today, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to info at metcalf-associates.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. I'm with Jennifer Clinton and Christopher Washington at the Global Ties U.S. Conference. And we were talking about the leadership program, Visiting Leaders Program. And it sounds like people not only go through the program, but then and their lives are impacted. And they go back to their home countries and make dramatic changes. They also stay connected to the network. Can you say a little bit more about 
the long-term implications in their lives and ours for the programs they go through. There's a, a massive ripple effect that this program has um, on directly on the individual, but those in, in the individuals that they come in contact with. So not only their place of work, they go back with new ideas, new approaches to tackling uh, their challenges, but also their families, um, their friends. You know, we have quite a um, kind of war of ideas that are going on around the world, and the media often does not portray the U.S. Um, in a positive light. So having people that have spent time with Americans and, and maybe not always agreeing with us, but having a much deeper appreciation and understanding of us, they can then convey to their colleagues, friends, family members, a different story. Um, mm -hmm. Again, I use the word authentic a lot, but a more authentic story of what the American experience is about. I think about some of the very personal examples of having met uh, alumni Mm -hmm. of the program, like Michael from Zimbabwe, mm -hmm. who uh, is an incredible poet. And his words mm -hmm. are transforming a generation down in Zimbabwe. Uh, and how we have had, and we've invited him back to participate in some of our events here in the U.S. and how his words have transformed us mm -hmm. in our thinking about you know, issues and situations and, and also the people I've had the opportunity to participate with, like my colleague Maciej Kolosinski in Poland who who wants his students and his faculty to come through an experience with Global Ties and get exposure to our institutions and people in our network and how enriching that is. And we continue to talk on a regular basis about the program, about its benefits, and uh, about its sort of features. So mm -hmm. I think it's, you, know, you have these long-term relationships. I learn a lot from him mm -hmm. uh, through those relationships, and, uh, and I consider him a long-term friend. Okay. So any program like this, we fall in love with our own stuff, and yet Global Ties has demonstrated significant quantifiable impact. So let's talk about the impact you are making around the world. One of the indicators that we use, just one of, of many, is just the, the number of participants in this program that have gone into serving as heads of state or heads of government. So today there are uh, around 250 current heads of state or heads of government that have participated in the International Visitor Leadership Program. And so you can imagine the decisions that they're making on it. Well, I'll give you some examples. Current Prime Minister of England, Theresa May, former President of France, Nicolas Sarkozy, Anwar Sadat, you can go on and on of uh, these tremendous leaders who have been shaped by their relationships that they've made in the U.S. So they're that program is influencing them in significant ways in, in terms of the experience. Other ways that we measure are looking at American communities. So, you know, we've got 40,000 volunteers around the country that are regularly interacting with these international leaders, and they are they develop a greater understanding and knowledge of global issues, but also local issues in, mm -hmm. in interacting with with people from different countries, they also become more civically engaged, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. more committed to their community. They're also developing business networks. So, you know, we can trace the number of actual trade business deals that are resulting in these exchanges. So it's it's you know, there's a there's a number of ways to look and, and track the impact um, mm -hmm. on a number of different levels. So you talked about the community groups, and you have 90 or so of those. So will you say a little bit more about those? Well, we have these organizations called community-based organizations or members. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, in Columbus, we have International Visitors Council. And our group hosts individuals who are identified to come to the United States. And mm -hmm. we expose them to universities like my own at Franklin, or we uh, expose them to the courts or to our Congress represent mm -hmm. congressional representatives different aspects of our society so they get a full view, an honest view, an authentic view of, of the American experience. Mm -hmm. Because most often they're influenced by what they see in the media, on TV. the news or TV, and uh, you know, Hollywood's version of America. And, 
Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know, <laughs> and things blowing up, and you know, sort of. And but then they're surprised about who America really are, Americans who who we are, and mm -hmm. our great diversity. You know, mm -hmm. so we we mm -hmm. expose them to multiple cities or communities mm -hmm. where they experience that difference. You know, and and some uh, programs even enable home hosting, so they get to mm -hmm. stay with the uh, American family and see, you know, how we live how we eat and communicate <laughs> with one another. And so, well, you know, warts and all, yeah, right? Yeah. I always say, they get to peek in my medicine cabinet <laughs> and really know who we are, you know? Yeah. And, um, but, but they walk away from a sense, a greater sense, I think, of, um, mm -hmm. of commonality in the human experience. And I think that's the power, part of the powerful story of, of this program. So we've been talking about innovation and the importance of innovation. How are you innovating in the field? So we have just started a new social innovation lab for the international exchange community. And so what does that mean? Our field has been around since really I'd say the 1930s, 1940s. And we've been doing the work in a pretty similar fashion. And it's very important, sort of the people-to-people, in-person, personal connections are invaluable. We also believe that we could be using technology in new and different ways to enhance the experience. So you talked a little bit about the impact of these programs, alumni, you know, the role of technology in terms of maintaining connections and networks. I mean, I'm Facebook friends with dozens of alumni of the International Visitor Program, and that's more of a social platform, but, you know, we'd like to explore ways in which there can be more work that's happening together via technology platforms. So, you know, looking at identifying a set of kind of global challenges, whether it's climate change, whether it's democracy building, human rights, many of the leaders around the world that have participated in these programs are working on very similar issues. So, you know, using technology to, number one, connect them, but then also develop potential projects that they're working on together cross-border, mm -hmm. uh, so that that learning can continue on way beyond the experience and that they can plug into networks that they didn't even interact with during the in-person experience. So we're testing some some new approaches. One is looking at uh, using virtual reality. So we know more about that. That sounds yeah. really pretty cool. So we know that it, as I said, it's very expensive to move people, mm -hmm. you know, plane tickets, hotel, and, you know, there aren't enough people participating in exchange programs that could, should, mm -hmm. and so how do you build a bigger funnel of people that can have some type of international experience without, frankly, leaving their, their home or their school? So the technology of virtual reality has been around for a while, and being able to empower, again, going back to citizens, sharing their experience of going to the new African-American Museum, for example, and taking videotape of that experience and uploading it and having people from Senegal or other countries mm -hmm. and Africa, mm -hmm. where a lot of the discussion in that museum is about the, about the slave trade. And, you know, being able to connect through that virtual reality experience might inspire a young person to actually want to, at some point in their life, come mm -hmm. visit. So it, it helps kind of spark the desire or the appetite, that, that technology component. Again, you can't use it as a replacement, but I think it can get a lot more people interested in seeing that it's possible for them to experience other cultures and other places, even if it starts out virtually. Well, and in ways that are, uh, back to Christopher's word, authentic. Mm -hmm. that, exactly. That someone's walking around the museum, I'm assuming, and sharing their experience with the person on the phone. Exactly. Basically. Exactly. You know, we talked earlier about global ties. Mm -hmm. the leadership Through our leadership program, hosting 5,000 people annually. But the demand to participate in our programs are probably 10 times, 10 times to 100 times that. People wow. from other countries who want to have this experience but we can't accommodate it. It's, it to, to Jennifer's point, it can be quite expensive mm -hmm. to, to travel and to put people in hotels. But through technology, we may be able to reach and scale exchange experiences to a much larger population who could then have the same effects and impacts as we have with the 5,000 people we support annually. Just to give another example of that, we're working in partnership with Franklin University, who's a very much a pioneer in terms of online education. So we're working with the 
Mexican police force to train police officers throughout the country on anti-corruption community policing. Now we'll have probably about 200 police officers come and spend time in the U.S. getting training and learning about our practices, but we're also through courses, an online platform that Franklin University has developed, going to be able to reach about 2,000 people on top of the 200 that spend time here. So, I mean, that's that's pretty powerful and really thinking about, you know, the integration of technology that you can just have just sheer greater impact. So how does that work? So I've got 200 at come and then another 1,800 that, that do this remotely. Exactly. It's not the exact same experience, but many of the same skills that we're teaching sort of on the ground and in person, mm -hmm. we're now going to be doing it online. Okay. Um, so some of the same professors that we're using, the same experts um, mm -hmm. that are that are doing in-person trainings, will be able to capture that through technology and building curriculum around it, so mm -hmm. that you know others who just don't have the the opportunity can can still get a piece of it. And the beauty is that those that have participated can also talk about their in-person experience with those that are doing the online work. So they would basically host conversations exactly and share their experiences exactly. <laughs> yes. And so what's the biggest benefit to that? More people who have the kind of training, develop competence around mm -hmm. a particular area like policing or, mm -hmm. and again, just collaboration and partnership with Americans, right? Mm -hmm. So we, we learn from each other's issues and challenges and we sort of work together to mm -hmm. identify solutions mm -hmm. to the kind of problems. So you talk yes. about Mexico, I'm assuming that means fewer, less social unrest in Mexico. Yeah, so that's one of the things that we're, that this program is trying to tackle. Mm -hmm. um, Create a more peaceful and prosperous world. That's right. For folks who are, live close to us in exactly. many cases, especially exactly. if you're in Texas. And both sides, you know, have a lot at stake in it. Of course. On the Mexican side and the U.S. side. And so the, the partnership between, it's a bilateral partnership between the U.S. government and the Mexican government that, you know, are really committed to sharing best practices across the border so that we support each other. One of the comments I heard this morning was the best way to navigate some of these current challenges is to help build the economies of other countries. That creates a more peaceful world because people who are healthy and well-employed don't need to commit crimes in the way they would if if they're desperate and hopeless. So I was with folks at Gallup, who's it's a big polling agency, well-known, that took a recent poll of what the most important, worldwide poll, most important thing that average citizens care most about and it is the number one thing that they found was that they want a job okay. a job that they are proud of mm -hmm. and you know the more that we the US is, is is by far the most entrepreneurial innovative country on the planet not necessarily just the people because they're incredible entrepreneurial people around the world but we have a governmental framework that allows for and promotes entrepreneurship and our US government and public sector, private sector is doing a lot of work to take the spirit and the infrastructure of entrepreneurship to other countries to help small business people, women, young people, you know, not be so dependent on the government job, but to mm -hmm. think about how they can create their own well-being and, and well-being for their families and teaching those skills uh, around the world. So this program is actually teaching entrepreneurship. Yes. So can you say a little bit more about how that happens? So similar like? to, you know, if we're teaching or engaging on policing skills, it's mm -hmm. it's a lot of experiential opportunities where they're going and sitting with entrepreneurs, you know, learning, going through their business plans, learning how the struggles that they went through firsthand. Mm. Um, okay. And kind of being, spending time in incubators, spending time with entities, whether it's government entities or foundations that are investing in the entrepreneurship ecosystem. And there are many, many, many of them around the U.S. and places that we wouldn't even expect there would be. So it's that kind of, again, the experiential element of seeing firsthand how this is, how we've developed this national and local ecosystem to support entrepreneurs is the way we do it. So if I'm sitting in Senegal, I could connect, I could go online and take a class, and I could have a mentor, maybe in an incubator in Columbus, or an incubator here in D.C., or Des Moines, or someplace. So we, yes, that, that is our vision around many different sectors. We're doing it in the one sector right now of police training, but we mm -hmm. can easily take that to the entrepreneurship sector. Most of the entrepreneurship programs that we're working on now are more the in-person okay. um, programs, but you're absolutely right in that, you know, 
doing more online collaborations around this topic. There's huge potential. And that's really cool. Okay, we're going to get a break and we will be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Metcalf & Associates is a management consulting and leadership development firm dedicated to helping leaders, their management teams, and their organizations implement innovative leadership and business practices to help create market differentiation necessary to thrive in this rapidly changing environment. As the author of eight award-winning leadership books, Maureen Metcalf and her associates are positioned to help you and your organization grow and thrive. Visit Metcalf-Associates.com. Maureen is ready to discuss your needs and tailor a solution to meet your needs through her expertise in keynote speaking, leadership coaching and training, transformational and organizational growth consulting. For your business, we can help with facilitated leadership retreats, organizational planning, culture alignment, individual and organizational assessments, online leadership development programs, and one-on-one or corporate-wide leadership development sessions. Move forward with Metcalf & Associates. Visit Metcalf-Associates.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. are listening to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. To reach Maureen Metcalf or her guest today, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to info at metcalf-associates.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back, Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. We're with Jennifer Clinton and Christopher Washington talking about the Global Ties organization and the impact they are having around the world. So one of the questions our listeners may have is, this stuff sounds really cool. What do I do? How do I get involved? Well, I'm I'm very glad you asked because there are um, so many different ways to get involved. I mentioned earlier that we have organizations in 45 states across the country. And odds are you're in one of the states or cities where we have affiliated organizations on our website. You can look to see the list of states and cities where our members are located and find their websites. Uh, Website is uh, globaltiesus.org. And you'll find out all kinds of information about um, our member organizations, what they're doing, and they're constantly looking for new volunteers, new board members, and from a leadership development perspective, you know, that's one of the most enhancing ways to grow your leadership skills is through volunteer work and board leadership work. And, mm-hmm. and that's, you know, a tremendous opportunity, particularly for those that are interested in international affairs but may not be connecting with it on a daily basis in their places of work. You know, working on a voluntary basis in the way I described is just a tremendous opportunity. And I can't tell you how many volunteers across the country who are, are working with our members closely have been invited by visitors that have come to their communities. So not only mm-hmm. do you get a great leadership development experience, but often you've got friends all over the world that, you know, when you're traveling to Europe and uh, or the Middle East, you know, they're visiting with these these incredible people that and who want to extend the hospitality that they received when they were in the U.S. So there's a lot of benefits to being involved with this work. And when you say from a business perspective as well, because so many of our companies are global, that if I'm working in an environment that hasn't exposed me to that, that learning about it through volunteerism helps build those skills and makes me more competitive professionally as well. Absolutely. Most every company now is, <laughs> is as you said, global, mm-hmm. and not everybody has had an experience to study abroad or travel abroad, but that's what companies are demanding, mm-hmm. skills or exposure to global experiences. And so, you know, being smart about how to get a global experience that's not going to disrupt your family life, you know, your career trajectory, you know, in the moment, then it's just a great way to 
build your resume and yeah. strengthen your capacities. When I was changing jobs, I wanted to do an archaeological dig, and I <laughs> so wanted to go like to the Great Pyramids, mm -hmm. but they weren't going to. Nobody was going to let me go, you know, digging at the Great Pyramids. I ended up finding an archaeological reconstruction in Ohio, which I realize is not the same as <laughs> going to Egypt. But I got the experience. It was local, and to your point, it didn't disrupt my life right. because to to do all the things I would have had to do to get that role didn't fit my trajectory. But for people who have families, who are in school, who have jobs, these are things they can do without quitting a job or abandoning their families. Absolutely. And it's, you know, not time, I mean, yes, it takes time, but you're also building your networks, your friend, you know, your mm -hmm. personal network, social networks. So it's just really enhancing all around. You know, the other thing I heard as we were driving yesterday is the conversations about going to talk to congressmen, the advocacy. And again, many of us at this point in time, and, and whether you're a fan of the current president or a fan of the past president, either side, we keep changing. That's mm -hmm. the nature of our system. Learning how to advocate seems like an important skill. Absolutely. And we're advocating every day, <laughs> you know, whether mm -hmm. it's with your family members to get them to do what you want them to do <laughs> or your <laughs> colleagues at work. So it's a skill that many of us already have and it's transferring it to just a different audience. Mm -hmm. And an audience, you know, members of Congress, that's what they're here to do. They're here to listen to constituents mm -hmm. and what they care about. So if you're passionate about something, which, you know, all the people that I've met in this field are incredibly passionate about it, it's easy to talk about and it's easy to advocate on behalf of. I think the what in terms of skill building is just kind of getting over the hurdle of being intimidated and you know knowing you know how to make appointments and who to talk to and those those are very technical things that mm -hmm. you can learn easily but going in and making your pitch as to why Congress should care about the work that we're doing on international engagement and should put funds towards it is actually pretty straightforward. And, and willing audience. And our message, I think, is a really important one. We are working to help build a more peaceful and prosperous world, to enable people in their communities to, to engage in better business practices with colleagues around the world, to, mm -hmm. to uh, promote global fluency, you know, understanding different cultures, um, to connect U.S. citizens to citizens of other nations and potential leaders of other nations <laughs> around the world. Uh, that enhances our national security, enhances their national security, and really puts us in a better place. You know, it's, and I try to avoid politics, um, so forgive me, but you just made a point that seems so foundational. There are a couple different ways to build security, or probably a whole lot of ways, but this idea that we've built close connections with people, that seems like a, a mechanism to create a sense of security that doesn't require barriers. Well, that's right. I mean, when you understand a person mm -hmm. a bit more, you're willing to trust them, you're mm -hmm. willing to trust their intentions a bit more, I think the result of that is uh, more peaceful circumstances mm -hmm. versus lacking trust or not, mm -hmm. or questioning one's intentions or motives, mm -hmm. uh, not understanding the way they do things. Mm -hmm. uh, this creates, uh, in human nature, this creates a us versus mm -hmm. them mm -hmm. sort of mentality. We're, 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 we're bridge builders. We want mm -hmm. to get over that. To, so we really focus more on the commonalities of our human experience. I can't say how important that feels in an era where a lot of people are afraid. Well, they say the best uh, way to address fear is through love. And, mm -hmm. and really and understanding. Well, okay, so so let's go to that because I'm not necessarily going to walk up to someone different and know what it means to love them. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can let's start with a handshake, right? <laughs> Otherwise, it's going to seem a little creepy. <laughs> so, what does it mean to do something that will build those bridges? Let's talk about authentic relationships, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. just introducing you to who I am and mm -hmm. learning more about you, finding an interest there, and exploring common interests together. Mm -hmm. That's sort of at the root of relationship. We're moving from an awareness in our relationship to developing deeper ties. Mm -hmm. That's what Global Ties is really all about. So when I travel, I often do something like Outward Bound where we stay in people's houses. And, and now it's interesting to have 15 people, you know, lined up on someone's front porch and not nearly as comfortable as the Hyatt or something. <laughs> but the conversations I've had about real people's concerns about their lives, 
in Costa Rica, folks talking about the, the concerns about climate change on an island. They're kind of worried about it. <laughs> and, and the conversation, one of them was so fascinating. We stayed with someone who had had 20 children. I can't, first can't imagine. But the community was having these conversations about how is our behavior impacting the world. It, it was just fascinating to be hanging out on their front porch having this conversation with them. Mm-hmm. It, the only way you get there is to engage. Yeah, I think we, you know, many of our volunteers are transformed through the relationships they develop with our international visitors. Mm-hmm. You know, again, these are people that are coming here, they've been identified as potential leaders and have ideas about transforming their communities and to be exposed to that depth mm-hmm. of different experience and depth of experience in terms of dealing with issues in their communities. Mm-hmm. You learn more about their communities and their culture and background. And again, you find out there's so much we have in common and that becomes a basis for a relationship. Mm-hmm. You can always start there, you know, what we have Mm -hmm. in common and sort of build out around that. So if I wanted to host someone, I travel a lot and I'm not sure I'd be a good host. How do you answer someone like me who says, this sounds really cool, I'm not sure I can do it. Well, in the U.S., uh, you would likely connect with one of our community-based members, one of our 90 community-based members in Columbus, Ohio, for example, would be with our International Visitors Council. Okay. And, uh, you know, talking with the staff at the International Visitors Council, Mm -hmm. someone like Palmer McNeil, and you'd ask him, you know, can I be a volunteer host? And there's a slight vetting process just to, you know, to participate, but it's a very viable option to participate in in that way. Okay. It's not very difficult to do so. So you use the word vetting, and again, to take off on what we're hearing in our current environment, how are the international visitors vetted? How do I know that some dude's not going to come stay at my house? It's not comfortable. <laughs> yeah, our, our State Department does a good job of vetting okay. the, the participants for the program. Okay, so there's a very strict process about ensuring that folks who are coming in are people I want in my home. That's right. Okay, so I'm safe. Yes, you're safe. <laughs> we haven't had any incidents. <laughs> With 5,000 people a year, you've had no incidents. Not that I can describe. But you would know. But I, and, you know at least as a board that member. Know. That's right. As a board you member, know, you'd you know. You may have talked to the members of the State <laughs> Department to, mm-hmm. to double-check that. But we've it's been a pretty strong program. And, and for 75 years, 75 I mean, that's years. just a big statement. So there are hundreds of thousands of people who've been through this. That's exactly right. And these are real humans hanging out with real humans, building ties. That's right. And having an impression of the U.S., you can't imagine how much that's likely influenced international policies and international relations. Well, and I think Jennifer said earlier 230 political leaders have been through the program. Current government leaders and heads of state have gone through the International Visitors Leadership Program. And that's not to mention other exchange programs that are sort of allied with, mm-hmm. the, like for example, the Fulbright. Mm-hmm. There are other other exchange programs that the State Department supports. Okay, and so that means for the U.S., we're building allies. That's exactly right. Okay, friends around the world. So I'm a business person or an emerging leader. Why do I care? Why did we talk about global ties? And you teach in a business school. You obviously think this matters. Well, I think. You know, the aim is to have a more peaceful and prosperous world. Okay. And to your earlier point, that means if there's poverty across one border and wealth across one border, there's likelihood of tension. What if mm-hmm. we, we educate each other? What if the rising tide lifts all boats, mm-hmm. so to speak? And I, I think through this program, we are building capacities in other parts of the world. We're learning from those individuals we host about their particular approaches to solving problems and mm-hmm. challenges that cross our borders. And I think that brings about a better human condition overall. As we think about the changing world, the impact of technology, the impact of changing political tides, it certainly seems that as individuals, either individual contributors or individual leaders, it is now incumbent upon each of us to be more informed. And it's hard to find information that we trust for many of us. So how do we get that information and do the things that we take back some of the responsibility we've given to our government? One thing I like about this particular community with Global Ties is participants don't just interpret the times as, well, here are the problems of our day, we're victims of it. I Mm -hmm. think they see themselves as active agents of change, that we can be part of a solution. Technology, for example, is rather neutral. 
You know, mm -hmm. you can access the world store of knowledge through your mobile device in your pocket. But it's how you use it and mm -hmm. the values you bring to its use that's really important. And I think through this particular community, we are valuing experience with people from different parts of the world that bring about a truth mm -hmm. um, that you can't deny when you have direct yeah. experience. And um, we're working to leverage technology with particular values in mind. How do we create a more peaceful, prosperous world? How do we engage with one another authentically? Mm -hmm. How do we address common problems? Mm -hmm. How do we share knowledge to advance our understanding of business, of you know, in economics, in the social condition? Mm -hmm. And I think that's really the power of this program is the people. They're the mm -hmm. secret sauce. Okay. Uh, and, and the willingness to make connections and, and work together. Yeah, the idea just peaceful and prosperous world. That's that's the idea. So whether I'm in Columbus, Ohio, or Zimbabwe, or Uganda, I can engage in this program either remotely or in person, meet people from around the world in a productive way where we're solving problems, not sitting around and complaining. You know, the more I'm engaged with this organization mm -hmm, and, mm -hmm. and, and in this community, the more I realize that the local and global aren't two separate things. Yeah. They're one and the same. You know, the global consists mm -hmm. of a lot of locals, and the local is influenced by broader experiences, mm -hmm. broader mm -hmm. phenomena. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's the real power of this, is you start to realize that we're all interconnected and interdependent in some way. In ways we don't have any idea, yeah. right? Especially when we look at any product we buy. And where was it made? If I look at your suit, your buttons came from someplace, yeah. the fabric came from someplace, the thread. The technology and, and came from somewhere, Samsung probably came from, you know, Japan. Yeah, everything, right? And so we don't, most of the products we use and interactions we have with stuff are global. Even though we may not think about, yeah, I went to a local store and picked a, something off the shelf, but it, it may come from 10 different countries, something as simple as a dress or a shoe. So we are interacting globally by the simple decision for what I put on in the morning from my closet. Well, Mae Jemison was a famous astronaut. I think she's the first African-American in space. And she put it this way, she said, the Earth relationships look different from our space. Mm -hmm. I, think, I think she has a good point there. From her own experience, but also start to scale out, you see things quite differently. I think that's a perfect note to end on. It looks different as we step back. That's right. And in an era where we're all zooming in and getting twisted up with local politics, global politics, interactions, are we safe, are we not safe? How do we take that step back and take a different perspective on the world and on our relationships? So thank you, Christopher and Jennifer, both. How My would pleasure. someone find Global Ties? Our website. Okay. GlobalTies.org. Okay, that's pretty simple. Yes. <laughs> Thank you for joining Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. This is Maureen Metcalf. Please reach out either to me at info at metcalf-associates.com or on Facebook at Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. I would love to hear your feedback. Thank you. And hopefully you heard something today that you can put in practice in your own life. So my question as we end is, how are you connecting with the global community and do you want to up that game? For more information about Global Ties, the website is www.globaltiesus.org. Thank you again for joining us this week. Please tune in for another edition of Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations with Maureen Metcalf next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We hope to see you here next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.